Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Still Growing in Grace. Uh, I'm Michael Zenker, and uh, this, is a, this is a weekly program that we try to do um, to, to encourage everyone. Um, it's not supposed to be a discipleship course. Um, it, it's, uh, it's supposed to be an encouragement to those that are trying to grow in faith, trying to figure out what faith is, those that have questions about faith that aren't getting answers because nobody will let them ask the questions. And uh, we've been unpacking an awful lot. It's been a lot of fun. Today, what I'm going to do, this is a long one today, so you may not be able to uh, watch the entire thing or you'll have to come back later and watch uh, the rest of it, but uh, this is at least an hour. So um, uh, from start to finish of the video, I'm going to share with you. Now, I was invited to be part of a, a panel discussion on the topic of uh, what is forgiveness um, or the importance of forgiveness. And so I asked permission to share this uh, with uh, my Wednesday morning group. And she said, absolutely. So I want to share with you this discussion. And just that's it. Let it play out. Uh, Sherry Palace is the one who hosts it. She has a, a Facebook group called uh, Fireside Creators, as well as a YouTube channel for that, and tries to do a similar thing, hitting really big topics and stuff. So um, I thought this was a great one. So let's uh, let's just jump right in because uh, it's going to go quick. So uh, hopefully, oops, hang on. Here we go. Oh, no. Uh, shoot. Give me one second. Yes, this will work. Okay, here we go. Enjoy the show. If you're watching, comment. Hey, Samantha, good morning. Um, I think you'll uh, I think you'll enjoy this one. Here we go. Okay, enough of our housekeeping. Let's bring on our panel. First, we have. Let's see here. I feel like I'm out of practice. First, we have Mike Zanker. Mike became a pastor in 1990 and has been the senior pastor of Hope Fellowship Community Church in Waterloo, Ontario since December of 2003. He launched Growing in Grace Ministries Canada in 2006, which is a teaching ministry focused on identity in Christ and understanding. Forgiveness. Mike's life has been a journey of unlearning religion and discovering a greater grace. He serves as a fire department, long-term care, and funeral hall chaplain, providing hope, love, and light to those enduring in hard times. Welcome, Mike. How are you today? <laughs> Doing well. How are you? Thanks so much for joining us. This is uh, going to be fun. Yeah, hopefully, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next we have... Oh, God, my technical skills are, are struggling today. Next, we have Reverend Michelle Saveco, PhD. She is a retired but continues to serve by sharing reflections, music, meditations, spiritual counseling, and with a more open-hearted, open-minded, inclusive individuals, groups, churches, and centers. She also facilitates rhythm drum circles. Reverend Michelle focuses on new thought, teachings and practices, universal principles, celebrating everyone as individualized expressions of the one and honoring all loving paths and people. She identifies as a new thought, practical, positive Christian, coming from a very diverse background with its pluralistic approach in spirituality. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad you're here. I am glad to be here. <laughs> and definitely not least, we have Ana Garcia Lucas, who was born and raised in New Mexico. She is a mother, wife, and veteran. Anna earned her MDiv at the Episcopal Divinity School at Bexley Seabury Seminary. A Reformed Roman Catholic, she is now an Episcopalian, spiritual mystic, probably a heretic, and a lover of coffee, music, green chili, and good jokes. Welcome, Anna. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me. Oh, I'm so glad you guys are all here. So, um, I have some questions. 
Welcome to Sherry's Counseling Session. <laughs> Every day um, we see memes in the media about forgiveness and they have raised what I believe are some contradictions. Contradictions that I have seen in my own life. I have always been a very forgiving person. There are countless instances of this. Um, my ex, husband, <laughs> Um, and my mom are good examples. As I look back, I understand that I had to forgive these people because not forgiving them meant losing them. My love and need for them to remain in my life superseded anything that they did to me. It was a huge insecurity and in my opinion, a classic trauma response. As I've healed and grown to love myself, my tolerance for such dismissal or abuse has ceased. When I was insecure and needing forgiveness seemingly, or, or when I was insecure and needy, forgiveness seemingly came easy. Now, without rectifying their behavior and a sincere apology, I'm done. I now have boundaries that loving myself requires. In some cases, I've forgiven them but I now refuse to allow them in my life to hurt me again. So a healed me can only offer conditional forgiveness, whereas the broken me offered it unconditionally. I, I don't think either extreme is healthy, unifying, or good examples of forgiveness. So I guess my first question is, how do we love ourselves and forgive those who don't act loving towards us? Because isn't it supposed to be forgive and forget? Isn't that the true forgiveness? <laughs> I love it. Everybody's shaking their heads. Okay, Mike, you first. Good grief. <laughs> I think the church has lied. And no, really? Absolutely. They've, they've blown it. They've guilted and shamed everyone into horrific relationships um, by telling them they must forgive. Otherwise, God won't forgive them. And it, there, there's no room for emotions. And, and what does reinstatement look like? And forgiveness is not the same thing as reconciliation at all. And so I think I, what you said earlier, I think you can forgive unconditionally, but that does not mean the same thing as reconciliation. So I think you can totally forgive somebody. And then mind you, I see it in two parts. I see it as an event and a process. So I'll explain later. Well, and forgiving doesn't mean that you're either condoning what a person has done or said, or saying this is okay. Um, Forgiving just to me means that you're no longer tethered to them. You don't have that energy that's connecting the two of you. Um, that makes you feel bad, less than, or whatever. And um, simply that, oh, it's really hard to put into words. The, because um, so much of it is just, a feeling, I think, mm -hmm. you know, more than more than the words, and um, and it's a matter of being willing to forgive, and it's not a one and done thing. Like Mike mentioned, it's a process. There might be somebody that you know calls you a name, and you say, "Okay, I forgive him," and um, I would think. Yeah, I'll forgive you, just don't do it again. But it's not something that's, you know, really hurtful for de decades or whatever. Um, but I found in my own forgiving processes and the bigger things, the, and sometimes things that weren't as big, it's like peeling off layers mm -hmm. that stuff will come up for you kind of at the level that you can handle it. And then once you've gone through that part of it, there's this thing where you're kind of like, okay, I did that, I'm done. And then the next thing you know, something else comes up. And it's just a continuation of the process. For me, I know that I'm done when I can bring whatever it is up and I don't feel any emotion attached to it at all. I can still say, I know that this person is also a child of God and we're connected at the cores of our being. And um, 
that's kind of just how I look at it. Anna? Hi. Hi. So happy trauma. Happy yeah, trauma. Yeah, right? I was trigger warning. So I was raped as a child at seven years old and it continued and my mother knew about it. So when you talk about forgiveness that is ingrained, boom, that's it. And as Mike said, as, as a good Catholic kid, you have to forgive because look what happened to Jesus and he forgave and don't you wanna be like Jesus? It hurt me worse than the initial trauma because that put it all on me to carry over and over, not just what happened to me, but it literally defined who I was because I had to do something as, as Dr. Reverend Michelle, how would you like me to address you? Uh, Michelle. <laughs> as, as, Michelle mentioned, <laughs> as Michelle mentioned, it's, it put the process on me when I was not healed. So I, it, I, it's almost as if you're walking on a compound fracture on both your legs. Yeah. You cannot do it. And it makes any journey you're taking, any relationship you're in, any day that you're, you're trying to get through, horrible. So for me, I didn't understand any of that until I went to seminary and dug it all up, dug everything that happened up. And it was like going to a doctor who said, you know what, all those bones, they are not, they're healed, but you've got scars all over, your bones are crooked and you cannot walk in a way that makes you feel good until we cut you open, re-break re the bones, and we go through the rehabilitation process. And I think that's important as, as both Mike and Michelle said, it is a rehabilitation first of your own love for yourself. And once you can recognize that you're not an evil person for forgiving somebody who, who hurt you in any way, because one hurt is not comparative to another. They are all singular hurts and they all can compound and accumulate and grow heavier and heavier. For me, it was the admittance that I am not well, I cannot walk and that's not my fault. It is not my fault for not being able to walk. It is, an acknowledgement of, am I ready to go be ripped open and have all those bro bones broken again? Because you have to be ready. Do I have a support system for this? Because that can screw you up if you rip all that open and you don't have a quote unquote medical team there to help you rehab. And finally, somebody good to thunk you on the back of the head saying, you're going to start and you're going to stop and you're going to go backwards and you're going to go forwards and you're going to go in little loops and that's okay. Your journey on this is not anybody else's. And I don't know that it ever ends, at least not for me. I think it is a constant, as Mike said, anybody who tells you to forget, that's BS. I don't know if we can cuss on this. But that's BS. It's adults only here. In Canada, we call it male bovine excrement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could get all that out. It is not true. And to hold you to something that is uninformative and can be solely performative is ridiculous. Well, and I also think that that includes the part where you have to forgive yourself for allowing yes. that to happen too, yes. right? Your part in it. And that I think, um, especially when I have 
forgiven someone and then they have repeated what I needed to forgive them for, then it's mm-hmm. like a self-hatred type thing mm-hmm. that I need to forgive myself for. So there are all these layers. And I think it's convoluted when someone says that you must forget because I mean, that's one thing that I struggle with. If I can forgive and get over the pain and the anger, and I too, Michelle, like you said, I know that I'm there when I stop crying over it, when I stop feeling angry, when all of those things, but forgetting it, um, it it's like saying that, that the bone was never broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you're a child like Anna was, when she went through that, there's nothing she could have done as yeah. a little child like that, that would have prevented it. Or she wasn't at a point in her life where she had any boundaries that she could say, wait a minute. So where are the boundaries? How can you forgive? I mean, I, I always think of the, the saying that um, forgiveness is like poisoning a drink and you drinking it and expecting them to die. So I know it's very self-serving but when i think of forgiveness true forgiveness i think of two instances one um there's actually many cases where um say a murderer meets the victim's parents and the parents have forgiven this person so much that they could have dialogue or um, another one that always stands out is the Amish when they had that school mm-hmm. shooter who killed mm-hmm. all of those children and the Amish went and took care of the murderer's widow. I mean, that is spiritual forgiveness that I aim for, but I don't know that I'm capable in some instances. So I but wonder if, well, when I read about things like that, I'm like, okay, but are you doing it because you have to do it or are you doing it because you're really feeling that in your heart? Because there are people that will go through the motions mm-hmm. of doing things because that's what expected of them, because that's what their belief system demands of them or their church or, or whatever. But if you really could peer into their hearts and their souls, it would be like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Break it till you make yeah. it maybe? Yeah, I think you yeah. touched on something there that uh, the definition needs to be clarified. Um, I, I texted you earlier today in our chat yeah. that I, I think before we get into the how to forgive, I think that's one of the later stages. And I even think forgiving yourself is one of the later stages. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, de- to define what is forgiveness leads you to what it is not. And that's the one I love the best because it really is a, like a bazooka to all these fake theories, but to define what it is, there's a number of uh, definitions out there. And I've, I've, uh, I've done a lot of research from different teachers and leaders and how they phrased what is forgiveness. I don't have the list in front of me. It's too big, but to realize it's not one, it's not a definition from a, from a dictionary or from the Bible. It doesn't exist in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see that the tapestry, the art being put together for what forgiveness is from many different perspectives, you begin to see it is definitely something that moves from inside from the light that's in you that draws you and pushes you towards forgiveness. But then it also shows you what it really is after pushing past everything it is not. Yes. I think that forgiveness, not being able to forgive keeps you from fully loving and not just one person, just fully loving, recognizing the ability to fully love and fully live. So as Mike said, it it begins inside. Tell me what hurts. What is it that hurts? And dig into that. The tapestry you were talking about, start pulling those threads because until you find what it is, that hurts, then you begin that, you what do I need? Yes, yeah. this hurts and this sucks and I hate it and this is what it did to me. And it informed the rest of my whatever that if anything felt like this again, it was bad. So tell me what hurts. And that's what that's Dr. Do, way, right? Where does it hurt? That's the only way to really heal. They, anything else is just going to be slapping a Band-Aid on it yeah. unless you get to the core of what the issue or issues are. I saw this one quote. It says, forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior. Forgiveness mm-hmm. prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. That I was love one, that. one that I came across that was really good. 
Well, and one, I, I took a course on forgiveness a couple months ago, and one of the, the greatest takeaways for me was, you know, the old saying, you can change the way you look at things, you know, and things that change will look, well, you can change, you know what I'm saying. Yep. Um, so instead of saying, I can't believe they hurt me this way, if you switched it up and said, I can't believe they're hurting so badly to have mm -hmm. done this or to have acted this way, it again removes the victim stance of, you know, of the pain and, and I can't believe they're doing this to me and the whys and puts it back on them, the whole hurt people, hurt people analogy mm -hmm. and says, you know, something in them is hurting to have done that in the first place. And, and switching it off of the victim mentality for me enabled me to forgive. Again, it's a process because I get angry again and I get hurt again and I just remember you know, they were doing this out of their own pain as opposed to putting it on me. And that's something that helped me. And that's normal. And I think that's what we, I was never told in the church that it's normal. It was, it was as, as Michelle said, one and done. That's what it's supposed yeah. to be. Because if you believed in God and you love God and you had faith, you forgave and that was it. Walking Walking while broken means you're going to stumble, you're going to trip, you're going to fall, you're going to re-injure either majorly or smallly when something else happens similar to what hurt you in the first place. So it is okay to have to go, go back and rehab, go through that process again. But do that Are with we somebody ever told safe. That? Yeah, we need to do it with somebody safe, though. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, and, and unfortunately, sorry if there's pastors listening. Sometimes they're the worst counselors. They just are. Yeah. They're, not, they're not trained to deal no. with psychological development and hurts. Uh, I'm sorry. They're just not. You need a trauma informed um, counselor. You need somebody that's trained in it, whether mm -hmm. they're Christian or not. It has nothing to do whether they're Christian or not. And I think, do they have the skills? Then go get some help. It it took me three counselors before I finally found the counselor I needed to to speak to because by the time I had my first session with her, it was like all the other sessions with all the other people were like she did everything in one session that all the other guys tried to do, and then I was in for three years of of weekly therapy. It was it was intense. I got a question for um, uh, Anna there. When you were um, um, uh, wrestling with your journey, did the words shame and guilt um, become oh, a second, yeah. second language for you? Oh, heck yeah, <laughs> because as as a Hispanic female, as somebody who's taught that you are subservient to men, as somebody who's taught that your sacrifice should be a good thing because that gets you out of out of hell quicker or or whatever. All of all of the the little girl confusion that I felt, the pain because it was painful, the the inability to articulate what I felt, anger at my mother for leaving me, it was her boyfriend, for leaving me with this person and not being able to say that because again, the Bible says you obey your mother and your father. So you mm -hmm. can't really get angry at your mother. So there was all of this beating up all of this hurt and nowhere to put it except stuff it inside of me. Yeah. And it was at seminary as we were going through, I believe it was called our river walk as we visited certain aspects of our life that were, that marked huge things for us that it broke open and we were in a very safe place. We were in a very, loving atmosphere. We could stop if it became too much. And we could revisit the same thing however many times we needed to. And I still struggle with it. I still, certain uh, movies, certain books, certain words will re-trigger it. And I'll feel that anger, that fear of men, that fear of being left alone because we hid behind locked doors. I was the oldest, I had three younger sisters and we would hide behind the, the locked door of the bedroom while he was trying to come in. Wow. So, so there is this 
this exponential trauma that has defined any bad things that happened to me because I wasn't taught to deal with those emotions. I wasn't taught how to let those emotions inform. You were too young. Right. And I think even as adults, we're taught, turn those feelings off. You feel too much. You're weak. You're a pansy. God gave us these emotions to help us make good decisions. Well, and I was told that not forgiving them made (coughs) that equal to their crime. Mm -hmm. You know, that you were worse than them if you didn't forgive and let it go and be silent and, you know, and all of those things. So if you want to be the good person, you have to forgive your abuser. And, you know, and a lot of times that meant still being in relationships with them, still being in their present. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was thinking about this show and that's why I came up with the, with the opening question. I was like, this is something that I've struggled with, you know, as an abused child myself going through all of these things. And I've only known it to be total forgiveness, which means an acceptance back into your life and into your world uh, or not. And not until I started loving myself, which like I said, there's the irony in that, right? I mean, I hated myself. I didn't love myself. So I forgave everybody. Do whatever you want to me. Shit on me all you want. And I'll come over tomorrow with a cake. Two, loving myself and going, no, no, I, I won't. I won't put up with that anymore. I won't. To me, the, the biggest misunderstanding when you talk about what forgiveness is not, it is not saying what you did was okay. Um, I want you to be part of my life again, or you can be part of my life again. If I love you, you know, you'll people will be like, well, that's not very loving. You know, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to love them for from a distance. They you don't have to be a part of somebody's drama. None of that is forgiveness. Well, and that's what I say now. I won't go back to my abuser. I I, I won't. Um, You know, I will try to forgive for me and for my own sanity and for my own will to live and all of those things that come in to play with it. Um, but at this point, um, no one has ever loved me as much as I love myself. And, and that's what's going to have to carry me through. Uh, don't you agree as, as the same yeah. type of thing? Yeah. I think people forget that forgiveness is for them. Yes. It's not for the yes. other person. No, yeah. it just isn't. It's for your own healing yes. process. Yeah. And if it happens to spill over to be something positive for them, that's nice. But forgiveness is between you and your heavenly father. And then that can turn into something, but it may not, right? So it doesn't automatically mean you have to re-enter into relationships. I, for me, I've got a list of 18 things forgiveness is not. And then, okay, what are they? Well, give us some of them. Well, number 18 is forgiveness is not restoration. It does mm-hmm. not mean the same thing. Um, forgiveness is not minimizing the hurt. It's not the absence of pain or hurts. Uh, forgiveness is not easy. Mm. Forgiveness is not about time, as in time heals all things. Ha ha. Yeah, right. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not a feeling. Uh, it's not ignoring it, justifying, excusing, or explaining away the offense. Uh, it's not waiting for the other person to repent. Wow, they haven't said I'm sorry yet. So I'm not going to forgive them. That weird lie. I don't know where that even came from. Um, forgiveness is not a quick fix. Forgiveness, and this is where, Sherry, you, you kind of allude to this. Forgiveness is not telling the offender you forgive them. The words. Yeah. Right? It's not about the words. Because forgiveness comes from the heart not from what we say, you know, even praying for them, dear God, forgive them. That's not the same as you forgiving them. It's completely different. Um, telling the other person that you've been hurt. That's not forgiveness. Turning the other cheek is not forgiveness besides you have four and then have uh, uh, forgiveness is not just a one-time event. It is an event, but it's also not a one-time. There may be, you may have to forgive that person a hundred times in one day. And within a week you're down to maybe 90 a day. Yeah. Like it just, it can be a long, long process. Well, and that leads me to my next question. How do we forgive when there is still pain? Well, that's, that's the myth. It, just because we still feel pain doesn't mean we haven't forgiven. People assume that, well, I still feel angry towards them. Therefore, I must not have forgiven. No. To me, what I've discovered, the best thing is forgiveness is a, an event that happens. It's a one-time event between you and your Heavenly Father. I forgive them. 
but man, I'm pissed off still. I, I am hurt. I don't know how to handle this, but I have choose to forgive. Now, will you help me with this process? And it's taken years for some people. So it's not okay, so a quick thing. Let me throw another thing in there. What about for the atheists who don't have a relationship or, or belief in any God? Would, would something apply the same to them? Yep, yep. same thing. It's love. It's, it's, it's the understanding that I need, if I keep all of this crap inside me, my stomach hurts. My stomach yeah. hurts and I become grumpy and horrible and I either need to throw it up or I need to push it out another side. But it needs to come out in order for me to rest and feel better. Yeah, forgiveness is not a Christian thing. It, oh, no, it isn't. No. It isn't. It is putting the oxygen mask of love on your own face so that you can inhale it back in and recognize what you need so you can go out and be who you want to be to anybody else. Anybody you see down the street and not be somebody that you're going to you're going to punch people in the face because it triggers something. It's your own oxygen mask of love for yourself. You're absolutely right. It's got nothing to do with anybody else other than recognizing this is what caused the hurt. And this is what I need to learn from this event so that I don't repeat it. So I don't go back and do it. So I recognize it if something looks familiar, familiar about it. And I know how to vocalize, hey, are you going to rape me? I need to know. I need to know what your intention, intentions are. I need to be very specific in what you are intending with me. That's an example. So I know how to react, act, etc., or get the hell out, one or the other. And I think that really speaks to the idea of forgive and forget. I'm a, I'm a no on the forget. You want to remember, you want to take that lesson, whatever the lesson or lessons were with you, so that if there's something like it that comes up again, that you remember and you, you're able to deal with it. Well, people use the Bible and say, well, God forgets. And I say, wait a minute, where does it say that? It does not say that God forgets, as in he's, as in he's a senile old man. That's not true at all. At that. <laughs> the idea of remembering you've heard that line he remembers our sin no more uh one of the best definitions of the word remember um has to do with a, a broken arm let's say how many have broken a finger or an arm you put a cast on um it, there's there, that's the process of healing it, it's not supposed to stay on there forever but then let's say you've cut off a finger what do you do you've just dismembered a finger all right but you go to the hospital and gets remembered. Okay. God will not remember our stuff anymore. He's not going to attach it to us anymore. He's not going to hold it against us. It's only pure love, love, love. And that's the part we forget. The most angry people are the ones who probably are wrestling with forgiveness the most angry, toxic. I think forgiveness is the worst part of it all. That's what I thought of when Anna was talking was it, it really boils down to bitter or better right? Mm -hmm. Without forgiveness, you tend to be bitter and angry and all of there. And then with forgiveness and learning to heal and all of that, you become better. You learn the lessons. I used to tell my son, there's no mistakes. If you learn, if you learn from things, you're going to be able to heal other things, heal yourself and do all that. And I think that we see the bitterness in society from a lack of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and to the point of forgetting, that bone will always show to be broken yes. in the next way. Mm -hmm. yes. It will always be there. You may not see it, but there will always be a residue of that break. And it is, it is always, you have the tendency and, and the possibility of re-breaking it because it isn't as solid as it was yeah. to begin with. So give yourself a little bit of grace in that area and let whoever you're in a relationship with friend, coworker, et cetera, know this is where when you speak of these things, when you mention these things to, to a significant other, when this happens, this is what could happen. This, this, what, this is what my reaction may be and why. And I need you to understand that too. I, I, again, using the break analogy, 
I have broken my foot, my left foot, every bone in it at least once. And when things get, when the weather gets rough, when I sit on it wrong, I wake up, I, I sit up and I limp and I limp for a little bit again. So when, when that pain is triggered, we are going to have that limp. We are going to have that struggle to say, okay, I'm seeing this again. I'm feeling this pain again, but to keep going. Because it, I think that with forgiveness and it not being a daily thing to practice, we revert back to the bitterness. We, we go back to the anger. We go back to the pain. We go back to the victimhood of saying, why me? Why did this happen? But if we move forward and try to do those types of things, then I don't know, hypothetically, because again, I still work on this, you know, well, is, uh, you know, is it's going to happen. If you're saying you're still working on it, like you, you just said you took a course, right? On forgiveness. Yeah. How, how long, how many sessions were the courses and how long? Roughly, I'm, I'm getting um, to it, it was an online course. I think there were eight sessions and they were about an hour, hour and a half. Okay. That's great stuff. And it was probably oh, yeah. great content, but it took eight hours, not a 20 minute YouTube video. Yeah. Right. Like this world of fast information coming at us. People want quick fixes, but when you've had pain traumatized to you and at you and in you and on you for so long, for years, like for your sexual abuse as a child, you know, that, that was for those periods of years. I had uh, a, a mom who was horrifically abusive, physically abusive, who made the priest who sexually abused me for three years look like the good guy. Oh, like wow. you, you just put this all together and how can you unpack all those years in a 20 minute video or an eight hour yeah. uh, course on forgiveness? This is not a quick journey. And I think people need to recognize that and begin to realize, wait a minute, if I'm going to do this, this, this is going to take time. I need someone to do it with me too. Right. Healing's never quick. I mean, you break a finger, you're down for six weeks. But this is, a, this is a, like a podcast, so people are looking for quick info, yeah. and it's, it, it just happens. It's, it's the trait of our culture, and I just want people to know it is not quick. There's work and investment involved of not just learning, <laughs> unlearning, a lot of unlearning. <laughs> so, well, but the deeper hope. the pain, the, the, the longer it's going to take, too. Yeah. One of my minister mentors about um, close to 25 years ago, had told me that in the morning she asked herself two questions and that was how was she to serve and who was she to forgive that day mm. and um she also told me that often the the person to forgive is herself that and you know mentioned how jesus said make peace with your adversary quickly and she had found that for her, her adversary was often her. And what would happen, because she'd had a lot of trauma as she was growing up, um, but she blamed herself for everything. Mm. And so she finally got to the point where she realized, no, it really, it wasn't me, it was them. But in a lot of cases, she had allowed it. And um, so she needed to go through a, a years and years. And I think she probably did that to the day that she died. Mm -hmm. And it was something that really stuck with me. The every morning, I, I've added one thing to it. It's who should I serve? How should I serve? And who should I forgive? Hmm. And that's my three like daily starters. And um I can't imagine that not being a part. It's like so ingrained after this many years now. And, but it really makes me think about what is it that I have on my mind, in my heart? Um, because I know if I'm carrying around something, it's going to affect me on some level. It, it'll either show up physically with something that's going on and I won't feel well or I'll get sick or I'll get real snappy with somebody or it's going to have some kind of um, something. Physically that's affecting you. Yeah. Yep. There's another for me, it's my stomach show. like Anna. Sorry. For me, it's my stomach like Anna. Mm -hmm. But isn't that such a beautiful way to reacquaint yourself on a daily basis with yourself. And that, that, I think that also, I think you said it, Mike, or maybe Sherry, I'm, 
everybody is saying such good things, is understanding who you are, where you came from, where you're at, where you want to be, and doing this daily, developing that relationship with yourself. I think you said it, Sherry, loving yourself so much that you want to know who you are. And for those of us who are Christian, that is recognizing the divine image within you and reacquainting that loving spirit within you and saying, hey, who are you? And like you said, what do you want to do? Let me examine. Let me open up this delightful closet and see what's in here for me to wear today and how I want to wear it. And how do I want to bling? Do I want to blend? Do I want to belong? How do I want to see myself in love and with love and to love? And if we don't know ourselves, we can't even begin to forgive. Well, uh, people think they're terrible people. I'm, I'm, a, I'm no good. I'm going to the garden to eat worms and they're chewy. Uh, you name it, the shame, the, the guilt, the false guilt. Is just plaguing to the soul. And when you discover who you are, that you are one with the divine, it's like, I'm one with the force. The force is one with me. I love that. You know, like this is, this is God in being all in all, you know, Christ holds all things together, everything. You know, that's where my lens comes in. But to see that we know who we are, you're getting at that, Anna. This is our identity. We got to know our identity. Everybody's acting out of a false identity. And hence, they're they're having a lot of struggles. So when you're when you've been you've had a lot of pain inflicted, you've had messaging sent to you of false identity. And if you believe those voices, you believe it and that is your new identity. So to unlearn all that and find out you're actually a good person, you're full of light and love, oh my goodness. <laughs> right there's a, a traumatic thing to work through. Well, and I think I just had an aha moment. I think it was far easier to forget than it was to forgive. <laughs> I could bury everything. I could not think of it. And then we could be copacetic. The relationship could continue, whether that be a friendship or a lover or a family member. If all I needed to do was forget that it happened, and then everything would be fine. Um, and again, that transfers into physical pain, anguish, anger, depression, all of those things. And then when it comes to the point where you actually have to do the work to forgive, that's when it gets really difficult. I never looked at forgetting as it being like a scapegoat from, you know, the easy way out until tonight. So thank you guys. Well, for that. I think that's where substance abuse comes in. Yes. Oh, yes. The substance is shopping, eating, drinking, smoking, of what it is. That's, that's how people forget and, and bury those things. And yeah. why do they do it? Explain yeah. why. Because there's, there's a one phrase that's critically important. If we can understand this, when I heard this, I was free from something. Why, why does that happen? What is it they're trying to prevent by doing those things? It prevents you from getting hurt again. Not quite. Go deeper. Feeling. Yes. The pain. You're avoiding feeling. Yeah. Like I remember when I was in my counseling, my drinking went like exponentially and I became more agitated at home was not nice for my family so much, but I also didn't know how to deal with it. I, I didn't understand or have a language for the stuff I was facing. And so fine, it's just easier not to, you know, and yeah. when my therapist explained it was a vice, not an addiction, it was mm. a vice, uh, my go-to to avoid having to face and feel uh, my goodness. In fact, the best part was she sent me a, a picture of a, an emotions chart. If you haven't seen this, you've got to yeah. look it up. Yeah, it's, it's the wheel, wheel of tons of, of feelings. And then in, in the closer you get to the center, the more key feelings and emotions. I didn't have words for half of these emotions. I'm a guy. You know, like, I'm trying, I don't know. You know, I feel bad. You know, I'm angry. But she made me look deeper. And suddenly I was able to then face those things and articulate what's going on inside me. So that part could heal. Uh oh, next thing. <laughs> and don't fake it until you can make it. No. I cannot stand that. I can't stand when people say, well, just fake it till you make it. Well, it's, you're doing the same thing. You're trying to mask something yeah. that hurts. And if you, you, you can become too good at that. You can become too good at faking to where you no longer know who you are. Well, what if, what, the thing that I find funny, um, funny in quotes about that, 
is that I hear that more from the same people that say they want you to be authentic. Yeah. And By the way, I got to inject funny ha-ha. Funny how? Funny ha-ha. <laughs> Sorry. Well, even, even that forgetting part is uh, it, it could be, listen, it could be your soul protecting you because you aren't ready to deal with it yet. Yeah. It wasn't until I was 45 years old and I, I saw an article hit the uh, Toronto Star New York Times of how the Catholic Church was scooting out priests, hiding them, you know, getting so they couldn't get charged. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, that's my story. The movie Spotlight is my story, except it's in Canada. And so the idea of being triggered at age 45, I didn't know this, but sexually abused men between 45 and 60 is when most of that stuff reawakens. I didn't have a clue. And when the, when the, uh, not only my lawyer, but the therapist started to walk through all these things that's been going on in my life. Yeah. That's a typical symptom of that abuse. Like I'm sure Anna, you, from your past, you'll, there are, there's a list of proven patterns. Look, and now we even see that in other people around us and go, yeah, Ma, I think they've been abused. Like <laughs> just, this, there's yeah. some obvious telltales. So the forgetting might be, a way of self-protection and you need to know that that means get help i didn't mean that uh, for you sherry <laughs> <laughs> hey i own it <laughs> so that brings me to my next question what are your favorite techniques for forgiving others mike i'll let you start the block button no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mute <laughs> um I think for me, the technique begins with really wrestling and studying through what forgiveness is not. It, it really is. I didn't know how ingrained I was in churchianity. In fact, the first time I called the police department to tell my story, um, uh, I told them, I'm fine. I, I, I've forgiven, you know, because the Bible says to forgive. And I played all those phrases as a 19-year-old kid. And uh, they said, oh, you sound fine. You should still report this. So I did. But... To, to use the line, I had no idea what I was dealing with. In fact, um, my mother's situation, and we don't have time for this story, but um, I had a situation in, two years ago where God showed me yet another layer of forgiveness that came to me that I did not initiate, and it was a beautiful story. So you just may not be done. There's more. So a technique? Get some professional help. I've, there's, mm. there's, there's a list. That's a solid technique. It is a technique. It, yeah. Don't avoid it. Think, don't think, I'll, I'll be strong. I don't have to see a therapist. Yeah, you do. Yeah. That's what they're there for. You go to the doctor for an ouchie yeah. on your arm and your, your belly. Go to a therapist who deals with the ouchies up here. Why is it yeah. so shameful to go? The American way of not dealing, or I can't even say American because you're Canadian, but the way of uh, separating our head from our bodies, it just, it drives me crazy. Anna, do you have any? Yes. And this only came to light recently, as, as you know, uh, our son, nine years old, adopted son, was recently diagnosed with DMDD. And it is a type of disorder that makes him violent and rage-filled and the words that come out of this nine-year-old's mouth is horrific his violence is pointed towards me so in the days which is maybe three to five days out of the week that i become the punching bag both verbally and physically i am taken back to my mother to an abusive ex to all of that, and I also am still his mother. And so dealing with the, he doesn't know what he's doing, This he can't help himself to, I really hate being a freaking punching bag every single day. And how do I hug him when he wants a hug mm. right after he's bitten me and made me bleed? So forgiving is being able to be honest in saying, you know, I understand you're better right now. I'm not. So I need time to cool down. And I took a, a pot of boiling water and I showed it to him and I said, turn off because you can't touch it, right? And he said, no, I don't want to touch it. And I said, okay, I want you to take the thermometer 
and put it in there and we'll start timing to where it cools down. Of course, it took about an hour or so. And I said, Are you, do you think you can touch it now? And he looked at the thermometer and he said, I think so. And I said, do you want to try? And he said, you try first because I'm scared. And so I did, and then he did, and he says, it's still kind of hot. And I said, honey, that is what my feelings are like. After you go through what you feel, that is what I am like. And so being able to be honest with what I'm going through, That's even beautiful. though that is a taboo mm -hmm. for a mom to not want to hug her, her child, a child in need, a child who has a mental health disorder, it's not his fault, et cetera, et cetera, who looks like a little wimp. I need to be honest because I need to show my other kids and my husband and myself that it is okay for me to say, I love you and I don't like you right now. I need time to come to that. I will come to you and I will hug you. And it's usually maybe a day or two later, I am able to tell him, I will always be polite to you and I will be respectful even when you're not. And I need time. So the forgiveness is a daily thing because it, it opens up and re-breaks those bones that have been broken decades, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, over and over with somebody that I can't move away from, I can't separate myself from, I don't want to separate myself from, who needs me to stay close. And I need to be in the right frame of mind in order to do that as well. So it's, it's honesty. It is, it is pure, naked, flung open, these are every single scar I have, God, let me throw this on the altar and tell you this is some fucked up shit, God, please, this is all I have to offer. Please just take it. Oh, I wish I could hug you right now. It doesn't. But it's a daily, it is a daily, daily journey. So you're learning to speak, you're, you're, you're learning to, speak to his identity and keep his behavior separate from the identity, right? Cause that's a big thing. Parents mess up all the time. So you're a bad boy. I got that a lot, but they're mixing identity and behavior. You can't do that. And you're, you're describing exactly that separation in a very beautiful way. Yes. It wasn't immediate. I will say that. Your vulnerability is something to be admired. Michelle, don't tell me to write sentences again. <laughs> I was I, I reached out to Michelle um, a couple years ago on this subject, and I, my punishment as a child because I went to a Christian school was either spankings or writing sentences. So yes. when, <laughs> terrible. When I reached out to her and said, "How this? You know, this is killing me. How do I get through this?" And she said, "Write sentences." And I'm like, <laughs> trauma all over again. <laughs> Do you? Is that what you're going to tell me? Did you ever do that exercise? No, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. I did. I, I, I should have because I should have honored you in the time that you gave me to offer that advice. But there's too much involved with the sentence writing for my childhood. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Well, it remains one of my go-to's. I know. In doing spiritual counseling, it is one of the things that I suggest. Um, it's not for everybody because the people that consider themselves recovering Catholics, especially that went to parochial school, have, you know, big histories of, of writing the sentences like you had talked about. And um, but for me, it it is a good exercise getting my energy, um, putting that energy behind it and just saying, I forgive whatever the person's name is. And I do that 70 times a day for seven days. And, um, but the most impactful thing for me was participating in a group about close to 35 years ago that was called Your Inner Child of the Past. 
that was based on a book by Hugh Misseldine. And what it did was would take you back to your childhood, but not looking as much at you as whoever the person or people were that had done harm and look at their lives and what their childhoods had been like. And it was the first time that I had given any thought to like, well, why would she have done this? Or mm -hmm. why would he have done this? What was going on with them? And not only was it helpful for me for the forgiving, even though, like I said, there's um, that was 35 years ago, there's still a couple people that I'm working on that pop up here and there. Um, so it is an ongoing thing. But um, it taught me to do that with basically anybody that was in my life that I felt like had been hurtful to me. And I was like, okay, well, what what's going on with them? And, and fortunately, I had a good lesson from Chuck one time in that where I was ranting at him about something and he just stood there and he said, I know that's not what the problem is. What is really the problem? And I think that was my first inkling. We had been together like maybe seven, eight years at that point. That was my first inkling of um, using that information on other people and being like, okay, this isn't really what's going on with you. What is going on? And if I do that with somebody that I feel like has hurt my feelings, fortunately, I haven't had any, you know, like big issues to deal with in the last few decades. Um, but it's very helpful when I look at what's going on in their life now, what was going on in their life 10 years ago, 20 years ago, how did they grow up? It does help be able to look at it and, and have a little better understanding of where they're coming from and what's behind them doing or saying the things that they're doing or saying. Well, I think it's easier to forgive when you have empathy right? Instead of just painting the picture with a black brush saying it's just an asshole, you know, let's, let's just cross this whole thing out. If you have empathy, especially when you love someone um, impeccably like a child and when, you know, when you, it's easier to have that empathy to say there must be something wrong. But well, separating when, the person from what they say and what they do is another yeah. thing. That's yeah, a tough one. That what That's they're doing one. and what they're saying isn't necessarily who that person is. That came up a real lot with um, Trump, you know, where where people would, you know, be um, talking about him and stuff. And I, I, you know, would say, I, I understand. I don't like what he's saying. I don't like what he's doing. But I still recognize that like it or not at the core of his being, we're still connected because we're all created by the one. We are all part of the one. And um, it's a tough one to swallow. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that if I saw him in person, I wouldn't want to smack the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There we go. Back to reality. I love him. I love him. <laughs> Yeah, but that's exactly. true. You have you wonder he must have had oh. a horrible childhood to be who he is now and how many people didn't love him, mm -hmm. how many people abused him in one way or another to get him to that point. That's what I had to do with my abuser and every subsequent abuser and everybody who hurts me. To, like you said, Michelle, there is a backstory, Anna. There is always a backstory. There is a backstory to what everybody does. You may not side. get that backstory, but you need to understand there is a backstory. And for somebody to be such, such an angry, such a, a conniving, such a lying, such a that everything, my God, what had happened to them? And what did they pass on mm -hmm. to theirs? 
It will see, and that's the struggle though, is working from a point of empathy versus anger versus judgment. Um, all of those things, when we get, when we work in the empathy, it is easy to do those things, especially for people we love. Um, people will like Trump, is is so much harder and i always say this proves we're human but i mean that that type of um forgiveness might be on me can i, can I point <laughs> anyway, out something? at least with trump because i don't even like him <laughs> but, didn't know that um yeah. i want to highlight something michelle just said that if you guys didn't catch it and if the listeners didn't catch this the way you so easily said that without a batting your eyelash you know, you just, this is what forgiveness. If we become, we become forgiving people. That is, that's the goal that we reflect the light that's in us. And so when we see everyone else the same way through the same lens of oneness, which is what Jesus said, we're not supposed to see each other after the flesh anymore or those behaviors. We don't identify everybody based on their behaviors, which is really hard to do when you got creepy people all around you. But either way, the point is she easily just said, this is what it looks like. And so to realize there's hope that we can arrive at a place where we become loving, where we're not going to be as offended. And I think offended people, same thing. So it's the exact same thing as anger. Same thing as uh, just being toxic. It's, it's the same thing. There's, there's some releasing and forgiveness that has to happen from that. That was beautiful, Michelle. Thank you. It was beautiful the entire hour, and we are at the top. What a show. I've never seen, I mean, 21st show, but I have never seen our comment section so quiet. So I don't know if everybody's completely resonating with this or they're dumbfounded or what it is, but I'm going to give you two seconds to enter your questions um, as we close out the top of the show uh, before we head into the VIP. Mike, final words and where can everybody find you? Oh man, there's hope. Um, and again, I'm the only guy in this circle, but listen, men are abused too. Men have hurts and traumas and there is a way to experience true forgiveness, not only for yourself, which is important, but to, to be able to offer forgiveness and it doesn't have to look as religious as you think there's hope. So thank you, Anna. There is a margin of grace in all things. And that margin of grace in authentic revelation, and this is from, from Eric Law's Kaleidoscope, uh, the, the holy currencies, but it doesn't have to be religious-based. Authentic revelation. Be transparent in who you are, even understanding that that could mean getting hurt. Uh, listen with compassion, as Michelle said. Everybody is a person and there's always a backstory. And understand, you don't have to be up close. You can love somebody from a distance, a distance, distance, distance. You don't have to see them. You don't have to talk to them. You don't have to tell them. You do, you do the love that you can do until you can do better. Thank you. I, I, I see him popping in. That's great. Michelle, any final words and where can everybody find you? I think basically just bottom line is be authentic on every level. Be authentic with your feelings, with what you're saying, what you're communicating, what you're putting out to other people, and mostly with yourself. Allow yourself to feel the feelings. And if you have areas that are in pain and are hurting, do what you need to do to get to the core of those so that real healing can take place. I love it all. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. Um, I'm going to sign you off until we get to the VIP. Uh, thank you so much. I think it was a wonderful conversation. Any last words? Oh, we have a comment. Hold on. Make sure. This is, I agree. Thank you for sharing your stories and all of this. It was absolutely beautiful. I'll see you guys backstage. Thank you, Cherry. Thank you. All righty. I hope you enjoyed that uh, wonderful panel discussion. Uh, Sherry, thank you for hosting that on, uh, on your page. Uh, I have 
uh, a note below in the description and a link to Fireside Creators, uh, both the, uh, I think, YouTube and um, the Facebook page. So you're welcome to do that. That's a heavy topic. That can go on and on and on. This is not a, a fast topic to deal with. I want to say hello to a couple of folks that are listening. Samantha, good morning again. Sandra from the UK. Uh, Rainy, Rainy chi chimed in a number of times. I don't have time to read all your stuff. I think it's awesome. Um, but if you want to grow deeper, Rainy knows a lot about this uh, intense work of forgiveness. Um, the Trinitarian, uh, sorry, www.trinitariangraceinternational.com. Uh, and I'll put the links in, in comments below. Um, and then uh, uh, Grace Ministries Rafa. Uh, dot com. Um, I, I've had Rainy on before. Maybe we'll, maybe I should bring you back on. We should have a, a continued conversation on, on this on this topic because you add another lens from your um, uh, rehabilitation uh, program that you do, and I think that'd be a really important one to follow up. So let me know if you'd be interested. Um, so that was great. Uh, what else? I think that's I think that's it. I'm gonna I want to read you a quote from uh, C.S. Lewis that was pretty good because this kept coming up in the discussion. Um, C.S. Lewis, at least this quote's attributed to him. It says there is someone I love even though I don't approve of what he does. There is someone I accept though some of his thoughts and actions revolt me. There is someone I forgive though he hurts the people I love the most. That person is me. Wow. I'm going to post that in the um, uh, comments. I have the, I'm going to put four memes up. I'm going to show the feelings chart we talked about, uh, what forgiveness is not, and this quote. Um, look for the links from Rainey. And I, th I think we're going to have a conversation on, with this, on this with Rainey. Hopefully he'll, he'll agree to that. I'm sure he will. He, he loves this kind of stuff. I love having conversations with him. He's so easy to talk to. Um, anyway, that's it for today. Uh, we've gone way over time, and I'm, I'm sorry, but the content was great. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it, share it, or go back and listen to it again. Um, but happy Wednesday morning to you all. After all, we are all still growing in grace. And uh, I love it. So it's fun to be part of a family like you and uh, be connected to all of you watching whenever you watch and comment. Um, I love doing this. I love you know, peeling back the layers or opening a box that may not have been opened or uh, especially ones that say do not touch. <laughs> Those are the ones I want to open. <laughs> it's okay. Let's find out what's in this box. Let's, let's keep um, questioning the answers that have been shoved down our throats and uh, challenging the answers. Uh, some will come out great, some will have to be changed, and I think that's what growing is all about. All right, you guys have a great day. Thank you again, and we will catch you next time. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.